and carry the show where we don't just report on fringe science spirituality claims of the paranormal and real estate expos but <laughs> take part ourselves yep when they make the claims we show up so you don't have to i'm ross blotcher i'm carrie poppy and we're back at the real estate wealth expo the biggest real estate wealth expo in, in the, the land. united states yeah you just looked at one for canada and toronto and it I was jo- the biggest one in canada <laughs> amazing we're back in Tony Robbins' firm grasp. Right where you left us. Not that his hands touch when he grasps. Not that he touched us. <laughs> not that his hands touch when he claps. No, no connection. God, they do not. So really, his hands weren't touching many things. No, that's correct. Neither us nor each other. We could name a lot of things in the room that Tony, Tony did Robbins not touch. Tony did not touch. <laughs> he didn't touch the guy next to me. Yeah, there were chairs in front of us. Didn't touch didn't a single touch one of them. Any of those. Anyway, the point <laughs> is, Tony Robbins is great. There's no problem here. Just kidding. So when we left, he had us uh, doing some exercises and it carried right on. Again, he it was supposed to be four hours. It was yeah. longer. First, it was supposed to be like three hours, I think. And then he said four hours and we were like, oh, shit. Yeah, but it went longer hours. than and that. It went even longer than that. God. So when we last left off, we were talking about how he... He had us make the sound of being totally in love. Right. Yes. Quick, everybody. Make the sound of being totally in love. Yeah, yeah, I'm in love. I don't know. What? Yeah, I, you don't make a sound when you're totally in love. Yeah, unless you mean sex noises, but I don't think he did. And you don't need to make those right now, or, unless you want to. Or in a room of 15,000 not people. If, not if you're in the subway. People tell us they listen to our show like on the subway. Don't do it. Just don't do it. keep those sex noises get, to yourself. Get in trouble. So right after that, he started telling us about ways to increase our business. Oh, good. We make a podcast. How are we going to increase this business? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the first thing you need to do. Okay. Number one, who is the ideal customer? Mm-hmm. So you want to know who's your ideal customer and then know more about them than you know about- Than they know about themselves. Yes. Okay. That sounds a little invasive. Yeah. A little manipulative. But, but no, hey. no. No, that makes sense. Just like you would say, oh, I know this better than I know the back of my hand. Right. No one knows the back of their hand that well. I always think about that too. I'm like, could I picture the back of my hand? I'm not sure. But yeah, obviously you do want to know like, who's your target demo? For example, our target demo, women over 90. Oh, yeah. That's who I'm always trying to hit with this show. I hope there's a woman over 90 listening. If there is, please I bet there email is. us. Absolutely. I bet so. We'd love to hear from you, June. Or Ethel. Yes. Or Shirley. Sure. These are all uh, names we know. <laughs> that are coming back in style. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I sure hear a lot of Abigail and Isabel lately. I have a wonderful story about Shirley coming back because my grandma was Shirley and my niece is named Shirley. We went to Disneyland once to celebrate Shirley's birthday and we go to this restaurant. Aunt Shirley or baby niece Shirley? Niece Shirley. Okay. Yeah. And we showed up at the Big Thunder Mountain Ranch uh-huh. barbecue place. And as we're standing in line to get our seats, we hear from the stage, Shirley, come on up. We're going to sing your birthday song. So we all <laughs> looking at each other like, wait. Which of the adults did this? Yeah, who told them? <laughs> and so my brother-in-law, he's looking at me. I guess I'll take her up there. So he goes up, and not only is there another Shirley getting up on stage, there is a third Shirley. Oh, no way. And they are turning three, four, and five. Oh, my god! Yeah, so there are three 
young Shirley's all celebrating their birthday on the same day. One of my favorite coincidence stories. That's great. I don't have one that good. I did go to a puppet show a couple months ago, and they did a just a drawing of everybody's ticket stub Mm -hmm. to decide who won a marionette, and they were giving away two and. I got one. Ooh. The woman next to me got the other. What? And we are both named Carrie. What? Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. It's pretty good. What was the weirdest thing about it, though, was I was like, oh, my God, my name's Carrie, too. And she was like, oh, uh-huh. That didn't impress her? No. Was she impressed that you were sitting next to her and you won? I don't know. She didn't. She this just, lady she doesn't wanted... understand <laughs> statistics or she understands them too well. Too well, yeah. <laughs> she might have just been like, yeah, this shit happens, man. I was going to make some bell curve joke and where she falls on the bell curve. <laughs> were you? Yeah. When were you going to do that? Mm. We have time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if you, you plotted a chart of the distribution of people and their relation to statistics, there uh-huh. are those who understand it very well and they are on one end of, of this bell curve. bell curve. Yeah. In the yeah. very shallow end. And then there are those who don't understand it at all. Uh-huh. And they are on the other end. And uh, uh-huh. she is on one of those extremes, most likely. Oh, okay. And then there's everybody else in the middle, and they are sitting in other seats. This is more of a description than a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was a good description. It, it was solid. It was belaboring a point, really. <laughs> so, anyway, the ideal customer. You should know who they are is the point. <laughs> he was giving lots of examples of say where Walmart was back in 1974 and how it grew. And I'm always filled with two emotions when I hear all these examples of these amazing runaway successes. On one hand, yeah, we should study them because obviously they were doing something right. But on the other hand, history is contingent and someone has to be the victor. And I think sometimes you can sort of just focus on the winners in history and kind of forget how much attrition there is of people who are doing the same thing or had the yes. same motivation or had the same big dreams or worked their butts off. Right. And just weren't in the right place at the right time or didn't come in with as much wealth, et cetera. Exactly. Also, using the example of Walmart, it's like a famously abusive company. So it's mm-hmm. like there are victims of this victory as well. So that's what it's like to be in my head. Yeah. <laughs> It's like uh, there's there's a bell curve, and on one end is Ross's head, and on the other, do I understand statistics? Yeah, you do. On the other end is Ross's butt, and then <laughs> in the middle is Ross's heart, uh-huh. like a bell curve. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So then he also told us, I don't know how he brought this up exactly. I'm sure he did it more elegantly than I did in my notes. But women equate shoes with happiness. Yeah. Is so, that true? Do you equate shoes with happiness? You know, I don't. I do have probably more pairs of shoes than you do. That's easy to do. I do know women who equate shoes with happiness. Then again, I had a friend in high school, Andy Coe, and he loves shoes more than anyone I've ever met. There you go, Andy Coe. So he said Zappos, that online shoe store. Oh, yeah. The guy who made that, I guess, he, he never wanted to make a site for money. He did it because he loves to create cultures. I really love to create cultures. What am I going to do? We'll make a shoe. Set. Yeah, I don't I don't see that being a direct <laughs> result of that thought process, but okay. Um, I love to create cultures. No one says that. No one says that. In fact, cult leaders say that. There's probably a, a woman over 90 listening to this show and she's like, oh my goodness, they mentioned me and I also love to create cultures. <laughs> That's my thing. What are the odds? And I equate happiness and shoes. <laughs> This is all speaking to me. On a bell curve. (laughs) (laughs) Then we all massaged each other. 
Oh, yes. So this was a thing that would happen throughout Every now and then, I think, you know, he just, he wanted to get people up, standing, doing something, and not just sitting there listening to him. Right. That guy knows how to keep energy going. Yeah, for sure. That's Sometimes he would literally be like, we're going to stand up. Okay, we're going to sit down. Oh, yeah. And nothing else would happen. Yeah, this was an exercise where we would get up and form a group of three. Yes, so, so it was you, me, and the guy next to me. Right. And so then the two on the outside start massaging the person, the person in, the, in the, middle. the middle. Yeah. And I'm sure many an awkward situation was created. Totally. By this. Yeah. So like you guys were both like massaging my arms. Your back and upper yeah, arms. Yeah. But then there would be like people massaging men who would, you know, like grab their chest or whatever. And you could just see in everyone's eyes like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Hmm. I don't I don't know. I just met you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like it hard? Or yeah. do you like I mean, I don't mean that in any sexual. I, I don't know. Right. right. <laughs> just stop soon. So we're trying to oh, and then he'd have you grab someone's leg too, like yeah. massage their legs. So uh-huh. that's a little intimate there and you know you're right. getting people's circulation going, I guess. And then he'd have us switch places. Switch. So someone else comes in the middle from, they get your, the from your group of three. So I had to just let myself, okay, I'm just gonna enjoy this. And, yep. Yep, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we all massaged each other. And then this would happen like four more times. Also, sometimes it would be included with and sometimes it would be separate from a d- little mini dance session. Yes. So the person in the middle dances however they want, come up with some weird crazy <laughs> dance, and then everyone to your left and right has to mimic your motions. The other guy in our group, he's a very muscular fellow. Uh-huh. He uh, kind of did his own thing. Okay. He, which, and it was a facsimile. A facsimile uh-huh. <laughs> of what I was doing. But you you followed very exactly. Oh, thank Thank you. As a trained actor. Yes, I pride myself on (laughs) mimicking people's dance movements. (laughs) It was fun. It was totally fun, the whole thing. But at times it just felt like... Did I mention in a previous episode that I have won two dance-offs? I don't know if you mentioned it, but yes. Because I was was very upset that I missed the dance competition at the top of the day. Because we were at the restaurant. Because I would have won. Oh, yeah. I would have won. I bet. I have 100%. (laughs) Of course, I've only entered two, but I won both of them. Were they in crowds of 11,000 people? No, but they were in crowds. This would have been a good chance to test your chops. Didn't you win one at a TV taping? Okay, so they were both at the Ellen show. Fine, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, no, there's a lot of excited people there. Yeah, yeah. That's something to be proud of. It's like a couple hundred people and they make you dance while you're preparing (laughs) for her to come out and then they do a dance off. And I have won both of them. Both times I went to the Ellen show, I was the singular winner. That's fantastic. We are very distracted this episode. Okay, so the number one skill of a leader is influence. So that sounds right. You've got to influence others, and you have kind of two main ways to do it. You can set your kind of current short term mental state, your emotional state, and that will influence people. But then you can also have your blueprint that's your long term state. Right. That's like your faith, your belief set. If you alter or influence that, you have an even longer reaching effect on the person. This is actually kind of telling now that I think about it because Tony Robbins is very good at the former. He's Mm -hmm. very good at like, in this moment, you're like, wow, you're so wise. Oh my God. But then you might forget everything he said a day later. And it seems like he was acutely aware of this because at the very outset, he was saying, oh, I don't want you guys to just walk away like you always do. Just go back to your normal patterns. And I think everything he's trying to do with that experience is to try to make it stick with you Uh so that it'll follow you and you'll have this little shadow of Tony Robbins, you know, grinning at you saying, you got to do it. Keep it going. You can choose your 
attitude. You can choose your outlook because, yeah, that's what happens is we listen to these amazing motivational things and we come away from them going, yeah, I'm going to, well, go to sleep. I'm tired now. But when I wake up, I'm going to take the world. Yeah. And uh, then I'm going to flip so many houses. And then you get back to your normal habits. Right. So, yeah, he was definitely aware of this and worried about it. And I think that's also why he wants you for 50 hours instead of four. Did you go to church camp? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so yeah. do you remember like on the night when you all rededicated yourself to Jesus? Oh, inevitably, yes. they'd be like, now when you go down the mountain, it's going to be harder. When uh-huh. you leave camp, it will be harder. Oftentimes, so it was, now. oftentimes it was stated specifically in terms of Satan and what oh, he was wow. going to do. He's going to wait for your enthusiasm to flag okay. and use that. Capture the flag. Okay, so there you go, everybody. Those are the first two things to increase your business. So pause this podcast, go increase your business by 300% and come back and listen to the rest. How will we use this to make our podcast better? How can we influence people's blueprint long term? Oh, I think it's our blueprint. So we- Oh, shit. Yeah, so we just need to have our resolve, our thorough belief in investigating beliefs. Oh, okay. I thought we were supposed to alter the blueprint of our customers. Of the customer. Oh, uh, I think it was. God, who knows? I think it was focused on. I don't well, know. This tells you that it doesn't stick with you very long because we can't remember. I'm sure it works both ways. You probably want yeah, to probably influence your customers as well. This was interesting. So he had us clasp our hands. <laughs> so so go ahead, do this. Yeah. Uh, interdigitate your hands so that your fingers. Like as if you're pleading oh. with someone. Yeah, or like you are a human zipper and your sure. fingers are coming together. And then just see with your thumbs where they land, which yeah. thumb which is thumb on top. lands on top. For Carrie and I, it is the left, left. thumb. So oh. if you're like us and your left thumb landed on top, then your driving motivations are sex and love. But if your right ended up on top, first of all, what the fuck is wrong with you? That feels so uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) That means that finances and business are your driving motivations. Does that flip if you're left-handed versus right-handed? Ooh, that's a good question. Mm. Oh. You know, Drew's left-handed. Maybe we should make him do it. Drew, clasp your hands. Okay, we've done a scientific study. Mm-hmm. So Drew Spears, who's left-handed, his left landed on top too. Well, now I don't know. Is he motivated by sex and love mm-hmm. or is it just flipped and he's motivated by business? No, they didn't say anything about handedness, so I think. Okay. But. You tried to look this up. Yeah, I was like, let's check this out. Obviously, we know this is silliness. Yeah, nothing from the Mayo Clinic or <laughs> no, the journal Nature. I thought maybe this would at least have echoes on the internet. I couldn't find anything except that something that claimed that men tend to have their left thumb land on top and women tend to have their right thumb land on top. And men Uh, tend to be motivated by sex and love. Love and women love business (laughs) and shoes. Hey, but you think you want money. What you really want is an emotion. I mean, why do you want the money? Because you want to feel good. Yeah, you want to feel secure. You want to feel powerful. You want to feel like you have options. So that's what you're really hoping for is an emotion. So the next point Tony made, which I think is a really good point, is that you can just kind of choose to be happy Happy. now or feel good now. Right. That these things are in large part volitional. And this is one of those pieces of advice that I think applies to 90 plus percent of people 90 plus percent of the time. In the developed world anyway. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. And there's another subset. So yeah. I'm sure we could all point to many counterexamples where that's kind of a crummy thing to say to someone. Right. But yeah. for most of you listening to this podcast, yeah, that's probably good advice. Yeah, you can choose to be happy yeah. right now. It's good advice for me now at this point in time. And actually, as I was reading over it, I was like, oh, this is good advice. But I'm glad I made the note I made, which was that I can do that now. But I couldn't do that when I didn't have enough money for food and rent, yeah. which was the case for me like 10 years ago. Like it was hard for me to find money literally for food. So I couldn't just be like, you know what? I'll just be happy now. So you have to get somewhere up the Maslow's hierarchy That's of needs just thinking, <laughs> before yep. you can employ that kind of advice. But then when you're there, that is good advice, Yeah, I think. You know whether you can employ this or not. Just be honest with yourself about whether you can. But I think it's good to every now and then just say, oh, I'm just being negative and I really I'm don't need to be right the, now. Or I'm like looking at the parts of my life that aren't fulfilled instead of the parts that are. Yeah, maybe I've spent just too many minutes today too many hours being disgruntled or complaining yeah. about something totally. eh, i don't need to worry about that totally it's good advice for me right now so then he had us go around and greet people this was another interesting exercise which i actually kind of liked he had us put on this exaggerated sense of anger and you know greet a stranger as if you just hate that person so much like they've ruined your life then we'd go around and we'd shake the hands of people and you know we'd all be giving each other that up from under look and, mm, yeah you suck yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've heard about you exactly and then we'd go around and we'd act like super shy like oh goodness oh, yeah. oh, i can't oh, even look hi. you in the yeah. eye oh, oh nice to meet you barely that. extending your hand and you've probably heard about me <laughs> giving the limp fish handshake and all that oh yeah one of the greetings was you need this person to like you like right now within the next five, 10 seconds or your family will die. <laughs> and so everyone's trying to like turn up their enthusiasm like, hello, how are you? How are the kids? Please He's don't kill my father. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there was a lot of that going on. It was, it was exaggerated, but it was very funny. And the uh, idea is that our mental states, kind of what we're expecting of other people and of ourselves, color our interactions with other people. And also influence you. So after you act like, whatever, I'm happy, I'm proud, you start to feel that confidence, even if you kind of faked it to make it. Yeah. So he also had us all just jump up and down. It was that kind of dancing that you like do at a concert when there's too many people so you can't really dance. So everyone's just jumping. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that. This was really two different events. They just happen to be in the same cavernous hall together. Because when everyone's sitting there listening to Wealth Expo stuff, we're all just very sedate and there's a voice uh, yeah. droning on in the background. But with Tony, every now and then you're getting up, you're shouting, you're dancing, there's lights flashing, it's a concert. Right. So, yeah, it was just interesting to witness the before and after. Oh, and at this point in my notes, I wrote, when is he going to yell at someone? <laughs> because in his movie, there's so much yelling at people. Spoiler alert, he didn't yell at people. Doesn't yell at anybody. That's only when you have the full 50 hours. He also had us high-fiving people and shouting, yeah, baby. <laughs> he said, you know, it's socially okay for us to act like this when we're drunk or when it's New Year's. There are certain times we allow ourselves to do this. Why can't you just choose to be like that all the time? Do you know my friend Eric Deerdorf? I've met him okay. at a party of yours. He's like the 
pleasant version of that. Huh. He's just always excited. And it's it doesn't seem like it's forced to me. He just genuinely is like, that's awesome. What you're doing is awesome. Just all the time. I recognized him by name, but then as soon as you said that, I remembered my conversation with him, and it was totally that. <laughs> yeah, he was like, so excited You're about so cool. everything I had to say, and yeah, it was very validating. He's great. He's in Italy right now. Spreading that enthusiasm to the Italians. Exactly. All right, so he doesn't need a Tony Robbins seminar. Okay, so then we started doing what I would call neuro-linguistic programming light. Okay, In case anyone hasn't heard of neuro-linguistic programming or NLP, it's this idea that you can influence people's inner lives just through the way they move their body or say certain words. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a subset of hypnotherapy. Yeah, and you're just memorizing certain special emphases you can use and motions and ways to influence other people through subtle action. Right. And they make a study of it. And some of it seems intuitive and makes sense. And some of it's a little far-fetched. Right. Some of it's a lot far-fetched. It's certainly been accused of being a pseudoscience. But anyway, in this case, he was giving us an example of working with the tennis player, Andre Agassi. Oh, yes. And Andre had suffered a pretty serious injury and was not doing nearly as well at tennis at the time. So Andre's girlfriend, I believe, was like, you got to see Tony Robbins. He's going to set you straight. And he was very skeptical about this. I don't need to see some kind of help guru. This is what we're hearing through Tony anyway. Mm -hmm. So Tony meets up with Andre and he gives him this visualization. He says, okay, I want you to picture yourself hitting the ball and hitting it perfectly. What does it feel like? And they go through this visualization exercise that Mm -hmm. seems relatively valid. And then he says, okay, let's watch a video of you, Andre, coming onto the tennis court when you were super confident. And they watch him sauntering onto the court, and he's super confident and happy, and he's, he's pointing at people He's in the flipping crowd. his hair. This was before, I think, he'd gone mostly bald. And yeah, and he's looking super aggressive. He owns the place, The right? wolf in for the kill. Yeah. He's taunting the other player. Then they pull up a video of him after his injury, and he walks onto the court, and he's like, okay, we'll see what happens. And you know, you can mm-hmm. see his shoulders are down and so on. All of this is based on Tony's description. So Tony's like, I need you to walk the way you walked when you were super confident. Give yourself that oomph, you know, walk in like you own the place and picture that. Don't see it as if you're looking at a movie. See it in front of you like you are the person in the film. You're the main character. And that fixed Andre Agassi. Yeah, he came back and I don't think it had anything to do with his injury recovering. I think it was 100% the visualizations with Tony Robbins. Look, Harry, he went from number 29 to number one. Wow. Yeah, back to number one. Now, before everyone writes in to tell us, we do know that there are effects you can have on your psychology with your physiology. That's true. Absolutely. But I think it's a little bit of a stretch to say this had nothing to do with his injury. Sure. But I bet he did help him. You know, he was probably suffering mentally as well. That often comes with an injury. Sure. He was also telling us that ego proud is bad. He said ego stands for edging God out. Oh, shit. Is this where he made sure we knew he was a Christian? That came later, but there were multiple references to the creator. And yeah, later on, he explicitly said that he is Christian. But he said there is a healthy pride. You can also be just proud of your achievements. And that's true. Uh, You can feel good and breathe and feel it. So he also mentioned the financial abuse in this country. Oh, yeah. Direct quote. 
So I say, I hate the financial abuse in this country. And I wrote in my notes, yeah, here. Yeah, I wrote, uh. (laughs) (laughs) He was also saying how we can give a gift to people by asking them real questions. How, you know, often we have these just surface level conversations. No one remembers us because of them. And they're just these awkward interactions that we just try to Uh get done and get over with. How do you do? What do you do for a living? Right, exactly. But here's like, here's a real gift of a question you can ask someone, Carrie. Who do you love? Oh, can you imagine? I just (laughs) picture myself in a lift because that's where I have my most small talk, right? Right. I picture myself getting in. Who do you love? <laughs> and that would be so annoying coming from a stranger. Like, okay, wait, now I have to analyze. Okay, what do you mean by love? Right. And well, you know, my family, of course. Yeah. <laughs> what What do you want? What What weird motivation do you have behind asking this question? A, so uncomfortable. A very good uh, Christian friend of mine, when I was leaving the faith, asked me, "Well, who do you serve?" As kind of a a way to make me realize, like, oh, well, I'm not serving God, so now I'm serving something else, and I realized. No, no one. There's no direct object to my serving. Oh, right. It's just, it's not even a question. You're presupposing that I must serve something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That kind of question reminds me of that. So, yeah, I think this is when Tony t- let us know that while well, he's a Christian, you might see this through a different lens, but that's where he comes from. And then he also gave us what I think is good advice. He said, model yourself after someone who's achieved what you want to achieve. I think that's really good advice. I think we especially tend to look at successful people after the point where they've become a little successful and it's good to take a step back and be like, okay, but what about like way before they made their first wealth? What was their life like? Might not even be wealth. It might be before they got their first project or whatever it was that made you admire Some other form of success. Yep. And it was around here that he started this really confusing numbering system for telling us how to live life on your terms. Uh So we started out with number one, which was the science of achievement. You reap, you sow. So, you know, he's explaining that for a bit. And he talks about helping millions of people and how he's almost a billionaire himself. That's great. He says he learns the secrets from all these people. Okay, we're waiting for part two. And I think I had to glean this from one of his slides that part two was the art of fulfillment. Okay. That's for living life on your own terms. But then he moves directly to three forces of creation. I was like, okay, wait. So this wait, isn't. So this is three A. This isn't point three. Are we still on two? Are is we on there going to be a third? Is this two a? Yeah. <laughs> so then we learn that we need to focus. That we need massive action, and then we also need grace. And yeah, that's where he said that this is where some people call it God. I happen to be a Christian, but some just call it luck. You know, if you mm-hmm. believe silly things like that. Mm-hmm. He had a good piece of advice in here. He said, "You don't tell a kid to stop trying to walk." You keep trying in new ways. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you don't uh, get down on yourself when you fail because you just, you got to learn. You got to, the, the only way out is through. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was waiting for a part three and I'm not sure it ever came. Then later on, he had like a step one. Very confused on this, maybe because it was condensed down from the 50 hour version. No, it was very confusing. He also asked why everybody was here in the middle of this and he was listing reasons. Are you here because you want to get rich? Are you here because you're already a real estate tycoon? And we were like, who here hosts a podcast? <laughs> I'm sure there are some. Yeah, probably. Oh, you know who was there who hosted a podcast? Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla. That's right. Giving a talk about how to- Make money (laughs) with podcasting. Guys, let me tell you how. Quit now. Uh, Yeah, the way to get rich podcasting is to be Adam Carolla. Yeah, (laughs) totally. 
already be rich. Yeah, there are not many rich podcasters out no, there. No, there aren't. But, but we appreciate you all your support. Yeah. <laughs> because we do actually get to sustain our podcast, oh, yeah. which makes us very lucky. You're all awesome. You take good care of us. Yes, you really do. But we're not rich. But you know who is? Steve Wynn. Oh, true. Famous we- vegan Steve Wynn. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, there was a story about him buying an $86.9 million painting. Well, that's where the bidding led him. And it was a Mark Rothko, one of those modern art paintings where it was two giant orange rectangles on top of a larger red rectangle with a little bit of a slightly yellower rectangle. And Tony Robbins was teasing him about this, like, oh, this is silly. I could do this, Mm -hmm. which is what most people say to modern art, you know, and you could pay me $87 million. Uh, But that was just a discussion about what's of value to different people. Right. Totally. There's also a fun story about Steve Wood. I pulled this up for you. Accidentally putting his elbow through a painting. I think it was a Picasso. And it was one of these multi-million dollar paintings. And he had it in his office and he turned around. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. And you had to call in these art restorers. I know. Isn't that awful? Oh, my God. Uh, Have you seen Bean? Mm Mm-mm. Ross! Yeah. You have to watch Bean. You would love it. Okay, this isn't Mr. Bean. It is Mr. Bean. It's Mr. Bean's first movie, Bean. Oh, Oh, yeah. I think I saw it. Oh. Sorry. I just didn't think of it as Bean. (laughs) It was Mr. Bean. (laughs) Well, you know, it centers around a painting getting destroyed and- Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I need to watch it again. It's oh been a long God, time. Oh, my God. It's so good. My wife's a big fan. Oh, me too. Mr. Bean. Hey. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh. Whew. Okay. Sorry. I got worked up there. You know what motivates me? The movie. <laughs> so. Motion is emotion. Next, he told us about Robin Williams. You know how when you think of Robin Williams, you don't think, you know, what a terrible tragedy that we lost this person. Instead, you think this is an example of someone being successful and not fulfilled. And he really just should have been more positive. No, that's not what I think. Oh, that's what Tony Robbins thinks. He put up a big picture of Robin Williams and he asked us who here would say you love this man. Yeah. And like it was most of the room. Really sweet. Yeah. I'd say a good 70 percent of the room. Yeah. We love Robin Williams. He made our lives better. So, yeah, he was saying he was so successful and basically like he could have been happy, but he chose not to. That doesn't ring true at all. For me, neither. I mean, and that implies that financial success is all you need to be happy, which is clearly not true. Right. And anyway, he was suffering with a fatal illness. He had Lewy body dementia, which basically creates proteins that land in your brain and like gives you depression and not just depression about your body falling apart, which of course it does that, but Mm -hmm. it like physiologically imposes depression on you. Man. And when Robin Williams died, there was an autopsy and they confirmed, yep, he has all these proteins on his brain. And then that would be your base state or your your state at least at whatever moment it's affecting you. Right. Yeah. And and he was just treating it as if Robin Williams chose to love everybody else except for himself. And he said that Robin's wife has been trying to justify his suicide by saying he had dementia yeah that's wrong oh yeah terrible and even if you don't have lewy body dementia you know people suffer with depression all the time and all the time meaning lots of people suffer with depression but it doesn't affect them all the time you know you have moments of fluctuation and and so you you can't just point at that one moment of somebody's life when they're at their lowest and they do Mm -hmm. something drastic and say oh this is a signal of their entire lifestyle and mindset. Oh, right. Yeah, that that annoys me too. Uh, and that's why we have suicide prevention hotlines because, you know, you need to talk people through that Those difficult moments. moment and then yeah. they'll get to another moment where they're stronger and they can subsist on their own. 
I believe people who have terminal illnesses should be able to choose to end their life on their own terms with a doctor and their family present. And, None of and that you, is involved in this conversation. Right. Either. You want to make sure that that is a long-term decision, not right. just in An one moment. Decision, right. Sure. Anyway, lots of problems <laughs> with this point of view. Yeah, we were not too happy about that. <laughs> no. But the basic lesson he was trying to get across with the Robin Williams story is that we need to take care of ourselves first. And he also used that plane example where the oxygen masks oh, drop down. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's legit. Oh, it is. But I just hear it so much, just so much that now when I'm on a plane, that's what I think about. Oh, sure. People are like, and you don't even have any kids. On. Nope. And then I'm like, oh, isn't that interesting? Put the mask on first. Whoa, deep. Now, they're actually talking about masks. Now, if only they had in the pet carriers, if they had if you could just a little have... oxygen mask. Oh, that too. That you could then use your glove to use reach inside, glove, grab in. the oxygen mask, it put it on your pet. It's a million dollar idea. But you should put on your own oxygen mask first, first. Carrie. Well, I don't know. Ella's a pretty big priority for me. But that's a point. If you care about others, you need to take care of yourself no, first. No, I don't think so. I think I'm just going to. Carrie is not learning this lesson. She's heard it so many times, but she will not enjoy internalize it no 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 oh but ross, ross oh yes uh carrie is it uh yes it's me carrie poppy your mm-hmm. co-host yes i am loving this i am loving this thing that we are discussing it is so interesting oh, man, i know we are interesting people mm-hmm. we are great hosts okay we are funny we are attractive i feel very affirmed but there are other good people out there making good content. Yeah, like the other shows on Maximum Fun. Exactly. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And together we present Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. We explain the historical significance of everyday etiquette topics, then answer your questions relating to modern life. So join us weekly on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. No RSVP required. Check out Schmanners. Schmanners, Schmanners. Get it? Okay, so then he also told us that he is friends with a guru who you looked up. Krishna G. Krishna G. He's a lovely man and his lovely wife. They have a school of philosophy and meditation called the One World Academy. So then he also told us that the words you use can change your biochemistry. For example, calling a snack nutritious versus delicious. Maybe if you think of that banana as delicious... You'll be more tempted to eat it and thus be more nutrified. Marketing is kind of the science of knowing how those little turns of phrases will affect people in different ways. Here's a good example of that. Sadie Crabtree gave a great talk one time about the communication of critical thinking. She made this point that I've never heard anyone else make, that there is some research on whether people who are sort of skeptical of vaccinations, Hmm. which words they best respond to. Okay. And they best responded to using the word immunity versus vaccination. If you say vaccination, they think of it as something sort of negative that you do to someone. Immunity Mm. is the good outcome, right? Right. It's automatically positive. So she was saying we should be saying immunity as often as we can. So there you go. To be effective. It reminds me of the recent news item with the CDC and all of these terms that they were told to use in their published papers to get Republican congressional support. Right. So don't use evidence-based. Say, based on data and the input of our constituents or something like that. Right. Don't say fetus. 
So that so that makes sense. Yes, it, the words people say can change your biochemistry. Also, a the average person looks at their phone 88 times a day. I believe it. I am higher than the average. If you picture a bell curve of people <laughs> using their phones, I uh-huh. would be over towards the right of people who look at their phones way too many oh, times throughout the day. I like to think I would be near the middle, but on the low end of the middle, because I think a lot about not looking at my cell phone. So I think I do have some temperance of that. Oh, else. okay. You are actively fighting it. Yeah. Okay. But he said that his life happiness decreases the mm-hmm. more he looks at his cell phone, which I totally Totally makes with. sense. Yeah. yeah. And he says it causes him to be upset, be pissed off, and even to suffer. And he told us a little story about someone who had asked him one of those deep questions. You know, what makes you suffer? And he said, oh, I don't suffer. I'm not a suffering kind of person. I don't complain. I don't suffer. I'm I'm positive. And then he realized, no, no, I I just call it being pissed off. So it was a moment of clarity for Tony where he's saying, yeah, I'm just trying to use different terms. But yeah, I do suffer when I spend too much time getting caught up in these little business details or whatever it is. Yeah, we tend to think of suffering as like this deep, very value-laden term, but it's actually just the opposite of pleasure, what Mm. takes away your pleasure. And so he reiterated, I can choose to live in a higher energy state. Higher energy doesn't necessarily mean anything in terms of physics there, but we get what he's going for. Then he starts walking through the crowd with some loud music playing, getting us all pumped up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then (laughs) hit those sticks, man. But don't hit those hands together. Don't Mm -mm. you fucking touch Mm -mm. those hands. Nope. Then he tells us some ways to change our mental state. Oh, yeah. We have everybody has a two million year old brain that's built to make you survive, not be happy. I don't know why he chose two million. That seems kind of arbitrary. Yeah, that's true. We split from our chimpanzee relatives uh, six to seven million years mm-hmm. ago. Well, maybe he that's how old he is. I've got no good response to that. (laughs) Ross, like, you processed it, and then you swallowed, and then you looked off like you were considering it, that you were like, no, and then you came back. (laughs) A lot happened in this quiet, everybody. I went through about 12 (laughs) different responses, and none of them worked. So the first way to change your mental state is to make a real decision. If you want to take the island, burn the fucking boat. Boat. Yeah. I actually really love this saying. I'd never heard that before. I hadn't either. And I was like, that's brilliant. Then I looked it up and it's not his, but he wasn't claiming it was his, so that's fine. But yeah. Yeah, interesting idea. So if you sail up to this island that you are overtaking, (laughs) and I guess we're just going to ignore the needs of the indigenous people for the moment. Correct. Uh, If you... You know, know you have an exit strategy. Well, then you're not going to be as committed to taking over the island. You have one foot out the door, man. So burn the boat, man. And then you got to do it now. Exactly. You're committed. You're 100%. Actually, I really like that idea. Now, when I've repeated it to people, I've just said, if you want to stay on the island, burn the boat. Oh, okay. Instead of take the island. (laughs) Yeah, he said you can live in a beautiful state every day. And I feel that I do live in a beautiful state every day, you know? California? Because of my natural good looks. Oh, yes. yes okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then step two in ways to change your mental state is to understand your suffering. We're getting very Buddhist here. Yeah, wait. What was step one? That was make the make ultimate decision. decision. Okay, yep. got it. Number two, understand your suffering. Uh, he tells us we all get what we tolerate. And our brains are wired to look for threats and stress about nothing. And that's true. Our brains are hardwired to look for the things that might threaten your survival. And now that we're all like in a in pretty good shape as far as survival goes, our yeah. brains do go off at things they don't need to. He made a lot of really good points and 
I would say most of them are just truisms, but he's collected Uh them in a very nice package. He mentioned, for example, that who you spend time with is who you become. I think that's really insightful. You have to kind of look at the people that you're spending time with and are they causing me to ask interesting questions and read about the right things? Am I surrounded by people who keep me negative? Am I constantly complaining about things and constantly, yeah, it's like just little judgments of other people or whatever. They they affect you. Yeah. It adds up. Uh, good advice. This was another interesting thing. He said that people can always find a way to be offended. And in this culture, if you talk to the other side, you're evil. Yeah, see a lot of that. Which part? Well, both uh, being offended, but also if you even talk to people on the opposition, yeah, I that think makes you evil. That's definitely true, especially across political lines. Mm-hmm. That if you're a liberal and you have conservative friends, you're sort of, I don't know, leaving your tribe and vice versa. And a strain for really ideological purity, where mm-hmm. you know we feel, oh well, this person doesn't agree with me on this, and I feel this is important, so. I'm going to ignore them completely. Which means that you will never convince them because you have cut them off. (laughs) Yes. Um, That's bad. He says, it's uh, common for all of us to have negative thoughts. It's okay to have them, but you don't have to believe them. You can talk back to them, which I think is Mm -hmm. a really good skill and really hard to do, especially as like an adult. It always feels silly to me to like talk back to thoughts. No, I actually am a good person. Mm. But in fact... Just doing it like oh, really yeah. has a profound effect. Absolutely. He wasn't above taking a moment that was supposed to be impactful or emotional or somehow resonate with the audience and playing a song in the background. Oh, yeah. To deliberately manipulate that moment. So, right around here, where he's telling us about destructive thoughts in your life and he has us write them down, as we're writing in the background, he plays Adele's Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just like, oh, that's just so. I don't know. It feels manipulative to play that. Two thoughts, Ross. One, there is a school across the street from me in elementary school, and they play Kids Bop, which is like kids singing covers of popular songs. Oh, okay. And one of them is Hello. And as it played, I was like, oh, my God, I hope they sing Welcome to the Other Slide. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for it. And then they got to it and they just say Other Side. And I was like, what a missed opportunity. Is this pre-recorded or are there actual children in the schoolyard singing? Pre-recorded. Oh, okay. And then. That's a vocally difficult song. Oh, yeah. Well, they're all. A lot of that. Adele's amazing. She's great. Uh, But also, Julia Sweeney has a one-woman show called In the Family Way about adopting her daughter. And in it, she talks about the moment when her baby daughter was put in her arms. She traveled to China to get her. And the, the people at the adoption agency... Put on the theme to Titanic. No, no, no. They were handing out the. That ruins the moment. And she said that she was like, "No, why are we playing this music?" (laughs) And then the lady from the agency said, "You know, we've tried to do it without emotional music. Not as good." (laughs) (laughs) All right. They studied at the Tony Robbins School of manipulating a moment. That's hilarious. Well, those thoughts, Carrie. Those thoughts that you have to confront and talk yourself out of, those are not your thoughts. Whose thoughts are they? I don't know, but Tony Robbins wants you to disassociate from them, (laughs) so they are not your thoughts. Are they Tony Robbins' thoughts? Yeah, this is one of those things where, yes, yes, they are your thoughts, Uh but I can see why you want to 
get that visceral reaction that like, oh, you're not me. Right. I am essentially happy. I am essentially mm-hmm. positive right. and high energy. Yeah. But no, is, they're from you. They, they but are who from else you. would they be from? I guess maybe the thought is like you've internalized the criticism of other people or something. Uh, okay. I'll give it. Oh, you've internalized the positivity of other people sure, too. Sure. Sure. Whatever. But maybe your positivity comes deep within from a divine seed. But the the basic premise is good. So uh, <laughs> a bunch of people were trying to high five Tony Robbins as he walked by and the camera was in really close on this one guy with this huge grin and he's like, Tony's about to walk by. I'm going to give him a high five and you see him raise his hand and Tony walks by and doesn't see him. Oh, no. And then you watch his hand and face fall. Oh. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Terrible. This section, I think, touched a lot on meditation practice and he didn't name it as such, but he was saying how your thoughts are just energy that moves around. They're like TV channels. They flit about and you can't control them. So there's only a problem when you believe them. Mm-hmm. So those thoughts can arise and then you can dismiss them or you can question them. But only as soon as you believe them and act on them, do they become your thoughts or can they be a problem? Yeah, I have OCD. So I get thoughts that I don't want and don't feel like they're from me. Your that brain are like, just bombards you with these things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, like one of them is like shave off your eyebrows. Why? Why, brain? Why? So anyway, it does help huh. to just be like, this is a weird, dumb thing my brain does. It's not me. It's not like, even though I know it's me, it's not the core of me. It's just some funny misfire that's happening. And to see that as funny and outside mm-hmm. myself really helps instead of that being like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Which then makes sense to say, oh, these aren't my thoughts. Yeah, I remember when but we are. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we were getting to know each other well and starting to text or message or whatever, you were once telling me, oh, I really want to shave my eyebrows <laughs> right now. I didn't I didn't know that was a thing. Was it trichotillomania? <laughs> yep, yep, that's right. Well actually if it's shaving, it's actually trichotenomania. Trico Tenomania. Mm-hmm. Okay. T E M N. Oh, is the till like pulling him out? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I just I didn't know what to do with that. Like, wait, are you joking? Or... <laughs> it's the real thing. I picture you looking at your at your like old android with your head cocked. Yeah. For some reason, I'm picturing AOL Instant Messenger. We haven't known each other that long. <laughs> so we're supposed to all recognize our favorite flavors of suffering. Mm, let's see. Gold medal ribbon. Jamoka. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I was thinking of the word jamoka. I was like, well, I don't actually really like jamoka. Oh, it's jamoka. okay. When it's I cool. ate dairy, jamoka was my very oh, yeah? favorite. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd get a jamoka shake. Oh, ooh, boy. So now we know our favorite flavors of suffering. So, yeah, we all sat and thought about, like, what are some of the sufferings we're addicted to? We had a conversation after this where we realized that our personal flavors of suffering are pretty similar right. yours and mine. Right. Yeah, we both uh, are... Easily upset when people mistake our intentions. So I wrote down anxiety about other people getting mad at me or saying something devastating about me. And then the second one was worry or sadness that I won't accomplish what I want Oh my goodness. Okay, I said being accused of bad intent and not getting enough done. (laughs) Jeez, we have the the same suffering flavors. Oh boy. That's why our podcast is so good. It is one, basically one person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one person's Two voices. So he said, use your body to break your habits and redirect those same habits. So I think that was the same, like taking on the physiology of a mm-hmm. person who's confident. And then he told us he used to have rage. We know, Tony, we know. No, yeah. 
and you'd talk about how he would chew out people who worked for him. Now he says, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Now he just acts really creepy, but he doesn't <laughs> yell. Yeah, better, better than yelling. Absolutely. We're, you're on the right path, yeah, Tony. Maybe a little further down that path, but good, good, good. He said that you can go to TonyRobbins.com and there's uh, an option for end suffering now. And you can write him. Oh, well, it's an email address, actually. It's endsufferingnow at tonyrobbins.com. Oh, that's why I wrote the little at symbol. Okay. okay. <laughs> so there you go. And he reads all of them, but he only responds to a few. Yeah. So, so there you said, go. If you want to tell Tony Robbins your troubles. Well, his idea was to write a letter to yourself or another person about how you're going to end your suffering. So if you want, you can choose Tony Robbins as that person. Cool. He also told us that the three things that cause suffering are loss... Less, Less and, and never. never. Those are words. I'm sure that needs no further explanation. <laughs> yeah, this is all kind of Buddhist inspired, it feels mm -hmm. to me. You know, the more you're attached to something, the more you can feel its loss, the more you can feel cheated if you have less of something. I guess the concept of never. Uh, just telling yourself that something's impossible. Yeah, will never happen. And I like the 90 second rule to stop and. Give yourself that time to process things. Okay, before I'm, you respond. I am all for that. That mm -hmm. is my own personal goal. Okay. Is to, you know, sit and chew on things for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. The alternative, of course, to lossless and never is appreciation. Being grateful for what you have. I think this is one of the more scientifically backed things he said. I know that in study after study, it shows that gratitude is one of the most predictable things to raise mood. Mm. So appreciation, oh, yeah. sure. And he pointed out how silly we can get sometimes. He gave the example of airplane Wi-Fi and how you know people got so upset when the airplane Wi-Fi went out. Uh -huh. And it's just something like you wouldn't normally have anyway. Right. But you feel like you lost it then. Exactly. So we, we tend to normalize our, our current state and then any movement downward can upset us so much. Right. And uh, it's important to take that 90 seconds stand or however long it takes you just to step back and look at that and be like okay not such a big deal a good thought experiment for this i think is think of a book that's on your shelf that you haven't read yet maybe you'll get around to it now would you sell that book for five dollars maybe not would you buy that book for five dollars almost definitely not because mm. it's just sat there you know it's not worth five dollars to you hmm. but when we already have it it feels like it's worth so much more interesting yeah he says, we also expect people to use the language we prefer. I feel like maybe this was a... A dig at the PC police? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I, I think he's against all this political correctness and trying mm -hmm. to find offense. I think he sees that as an effort to stifle other people. But mm -hmm. I feel like the truth is somewhere in between. That You should make a good faith effort to try to use the words other people want to hear and right. be open to that. On the other hand, if someone uses a word that offends you, give them the benefit of the doubt and try to help gently guide them towards the right usage and not bash them over the head with I it. I think that's the perfect middle grounds there. Yeah, I felt like there was a fair amount of like coded complaints about like PC culture throughout this time. Totally, totally. A little dog whistling. He told us the more you focus on yourself, the more you suffer. Uh, also, good. money magnifies who you are, your character. So if you are a happy person, then you'll be happy with money. 
if you are a cranky person, money's not going to make you uncranky. It just takes whatever your traits are and it exaggerates them. Hmm. I thought that was an interesting point. Yeah, I'm not sure if I believe that about like happiness, but I do think that about sort of, you know, greed or Mm -hmm. selflessness, you know, that money really puts those things to the test, right? Do you really believe the things you say you believe when you're given? Yeah. A lot of and then wealth? the ripples you make in the world are larger because. Yep, definitely. You That's definitely true. Have that much more influence. Okay. Here's a notable quotable from Tony Robbins. Okay. By the way, when people say there is no God, I say there is a God. It's just you're bitching so much, you can't have an experience of him. And then there's big cheers and a sound cue. And music. Woo! Yeah. And then the music kicks in. I can't remember what the music was, but he didn't leave that open to question. No. Yeah. Uh, definitely most of the crowd seemed into this too. So definitely believers mostly on our hands here. And he was asking us, oh, if you were God, who would you want to hang out with? A complainer or an appreciative person? You know, if I were God? Yeah, that he put that Weird. in our minds. Like, oh, you made this whole world, and now you've got these little people complaining and squabbling. Oh, you didn't, blah, 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 blah. And, oh, this person's saying, thank you so much. I appreciate oh, the sunset. I'm going to hang out with that person. Yeah, okay. But that's kind of true whether you're God or not. It all depends on whether there is a God or not. Sure. <laughs> but he didn't really leave that one as an option. Nope. Because if you don't believe in God, uh, you've just been bitching too much to... Uh, Hear him. Bitchy, bitchy, bitchy. Okay, so then we did a little exercise where you and I had to convince each other to uh-huh. do something that the other person might not be like that jazz to do. And so I was trying to get you to do the dishes. Right, imaginary dishes. And Carrie's like, what, do we live together now? <laughs> <laughs> this is hypothetical. <laughs> Work with me. I guess I'll what, scrub these dishes. But so you then were we supposed- start miming Oh, yeah. The, the first time, try to convince them in a very circuitous, roundabout way and it, not, not with and any not conviction. Not really motivated. Yeah. Just right. like, well, you hey, know. Hey, you know, if you great. wouldn't mind. Yeah. If you could if you could pass the gravy, that would be awesome. That'd be great. If you can't, <laughs> then that's fine. And then the second time you were like, okay, so if we can get these dishes done really fast, then we can watch a movie. You know? uh-huh. and it was like very motivated, peppy. And I'll help you. Want to do it. And then I was like, okay. And then we started scrubbing fake dishes. And then I was like, what do I want to get someone to do that I haven't gotten anyone to do with me? Oh, I know. Okay. There are these bird watching adventures down near LAX and I can't get anyone to go with me because there's Saturday morning at 6 a.m. I'll convince Ross. So, <laughs> so at first I said, well, um, you know, I, I get it. If you don't want to wake up at 6, I don't really like waking up early either. But uh, there are these bird things, and I would really love to go. So if you're interested in going, I'd be happy to go with you. And then the second time, I was like, okay! <laughs> <laughs> the Audubon Society hosts these bird things, and it's going to be so fun! It's at 6 a.m. Anyway, you were looking at me like, I don't want to do this still, <laughs> but I recognize that you're doing <laughs> You're doing what we were supposed to do. What do I do now? And then we're supposed to critique each other and say, okay, here's what I saw you doing with your body. And here's the words I heard you using and your expression. Uh, I feel you said it was still a little crazy with the birds, (laughs) but I will go with you. You know, I think if anything, I would have been more inclined to go with you the first time because I would have felt bad for you. Like you'd be (laughs) sad without companionship. The second time I felt you're going to have a great time with these birds, no matter who's there or if no one's there, you're still going to have a great time. (laughs) Picturing you with a pith helmet and a pair of binoculars. Look at this! (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, uh, she had a crazy look in her eye. <laughs> so well, that- that's good because the first way is really how I felt. Like, you probably won't want to do this. <laughs> no one has wanted to do this. And, you know, I might join you. Okay. They- oh, let's go. <laughs> Are these paranormal birds? No. Are they trying to sell me a timeshare? Actually, yes. It's a pair of normal birds. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, cool. I'm in. I respond to good puns. <laughs> oh, actually, right now, Ross. Yeah. I can hear the birds on my yeah, balcony. Yeah. I, I heard some cooing there. Yeah. Those my, are my pigeon friends. They might have come across on the recording. Can you hear them, everyone? Coo. Coo. No, that's Carrie. Coo. No. Coo. Oh, Coo. yeah. No, they are cooing Coo. in the background. Coo. That's not me. Coo. Coo. Uh, that one is... <laughs> So then we learned about the science of heart math. Heart math. And I would love to hear about it, but I don't think I can spare a second for that before I hear more about Casper. Casper? Are you talking about the sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience? Indeed I am. And Ono, Ross, and Carrie is supported in part by Casper. That's fantastic. They create that sleep experience one night at a time. They offer affordable prices because Casper cuts out the middleman, sells directly to the consumer. And I got a Casper mattress. Directly to you, the consumer. Yes, me, the consumer. I can't, just can't say enough of that, about that box. Came in that sweet, sweet box. Yeah. That's unrolled a, it. They have revolutionized mattress delivery. And if you don't like it, there's a money back guarantee. Just send it back. No big whoop. Casper brand mattresses combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. And you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep on it trial. There you go. So start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com. That's C-A-S-P-E-R.com slash O-N-O, O-H-N-O. And using promo code O-N-O at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. So then we heard about the science of heart math. Heart math. Apparently, when you're frustrated or upset, your heart and brain are out of sync. I, I did not know this. Yeah, I, I didn't know that, I and still I still don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> so he had us all put our hands on our heart to feel our heartbeats, and then we engaged in a long meditation. So we were being appreciative and thinking about the things that we love in our life, thinking of a person you really love, and feeling that feeling just permeate your body, which is wonderful. It's a great yeah, thing to start. It's kind of like you. loving kindness meditation, right? which is very pleasant. So you stand there, and you have your hand over your heart, And then I think he had us move the love like up to our brains. Is that right? Not sure how it was flowing there, but that's the idea. You align your heart and your brain, and then you achieve that flow state. Oh, yeah. And we had to think about things we were grateful for. I wrote down what I thought about Ella, Drew, the pigeons, and the church where I grew up. Those are wonderful things to think about. I probably thought about my family. I don't know. I didn't write notes about what I was thinking about. You were just in the moment, man. He mentioned that the heart started beating uh, in our little fetal bodies before our brains even function. Don't say fetus. So what are you supposed to call them instead of a fetus? An unborn American? (laughs) Yeah, I assume that our Republican legislators prefer unborn baby or something (laughs) like that. But fetus is scientifically accurate. Correct. So he was making the point that your, your heartbeat started beating back when you were a fetus. And it's supposed to somehow tie into the importance of... Feeling that sweet heartbeat. Yeah. Do you ever think about how your heart's just beating and you're just trusting it to keep going? 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think about that a lot. Totally involuntary, and you're going to sleep just assuming, yep, my yep. body's going to wake keep back up going. again at some point, and the heart's going to keep going. I'll keep breathing. That's so nuts. I'm just trusting that thing. I'm like- Yeah, every think- now and then when you focus on that, it's just- It's like freaks me out. <laughs> it also freaks me out when I feel Ella's because it's so tiny, and I'm like, I'm relying on this little doohickey to keep my favorite little being going. Keep going, little doohickey. Keep going. One interesting thing I learned recently is that mammals, I think most creatures, have a rough average of about one and a half billion heartbeats per lifetime. Right. Hummingbirds, their little hearts beat very, very fast, but they have faster lifespans. Whereas, you know, the longer lived elephant has slower heartbeats, but live a lot longer. And humans, we've extended our lives to much closer to two billion heartbeats on average. So Mm -hmm. that's just us kind of overtaking our evolutionary environments. And obviously there's some give and take with how you treat your body and so on. Right. But my drama teacher in high school used to use that fact all the time. If you scared him, he'd be like, oh, thanks a lot. You just took half a day <laughs> off my lifetime because my heart beats so fast and you only have a limited number of heartbeats. Yeah, that's right, not Mr. how it works. <laughs> Chill out. All right. You give people a little bit of knowledge. <laughs> that's like, uh, I remember that whole advisement about drinking eight glasses of water a day. Uh-huh. I had a professor who did that literally. I just remember anytime I needed to go to the bathroom, he was there in the stall <laughs> next to me peeing at the urinal. You just get used to seeing Senor McCroskey there peeing because he's, he's drinking water all day. But it turns out a lot of that water comes in our food. In our food it was yeah. just the equivalent of eight glasses of water a right. day. Not but it's a actually. good round figure to hit. It's, it's not, good to drink a lot of water. It's not going to hurt you. That's true. You can drink too much, Unless but you're eight one of those very rare. Wasn't there like a child who was allergic to water a couple of years ago? There are like three people ever recorded that have had this thing. And I don't know what they gave her instead. They must have still given her fluid. That's crazy. Yeah. And I might have read this on the Daily Mail or something, <laughs> and now we'll get 400 emails. Anyway, that's what happened at Tony Robbins. Were you inspired? I was. Actually, I will say I came away from Tony Robbins feeling like, yeah, I can do a lot. I can change my attitude. And it wasn't anything I didn't believe or know before, but it helps to hear it. You know what we skipped here? What's that? Is that after our heart meditation, he said, now do you just intuitively know what you need to do to finish that project that you've never finished Mm, yeah, Uh, and had everybody raise their hand if they did feel like now they know and most people raise their hand. But then Mm -hmm. you and I were like, so what do you have to do? And I was like, I just got to sit down and write the thing. And you were (laughs) like, yeah, I just got to do the thing. So uh, I'm not sure that that's inspired knowledge, but we felt (laughs) motivated. And uh, unfortunately, Tony's fear and premonition was correct and that you walk away from this and you just lose that glow of yeah. being in Tony Robbins' shadow. At church camp. With his looming figure. Yeah, it's it's why we need to hear these things multiple times. We need a little dose of them every now and then because they don't stick with you. Yeah. You just go back to being regular old you staring at your phone playing Zoom Zoom. <laughs> I uh, didn't feel super inspired but kind of centered and that burn the boat thing really stayed with me. Oh, okay. Burn those fucking boats, man. Carrie wants to stay on the island. <laughs> stay on that island. And cohabitate with the people and creatures already living on the yes. island at no detriment you, to them. Exactly. You do not need to be the leader of the island. Just stay on the island. Reminds me of that Dave Matthews song, Don't Drink the Water. Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's, it's more of the Tony Robbins bent of like, I will kick you out of this island and crush your ancestors. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. 
Well. Like when you listen to the lyrics, it's just a, it's a very vicious song. Jesus. But it's very catchy. All right. Did you see Lady Bird yet? No. Oh, oh wait. Really yes, I uh, oh, Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I was thinking of something else. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. That was one of my favorite moments. Such a great movie. What's your top movie of 2017? Oh, that's a big question. Oh, I know there were films I love, but my brain doesn't work that way where I can pull them all up right away. How about you? What were your favorites? So I have three. Okay. So at first I was saying your, your name, your name, yep, yep, Get Out and Lady Bird. But then someone pointed out to me that Your Name is technically a 2016 release. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of us didn't see it till 2017. Yeah, so that's true. about when it got here. So of strictly speaking, 2017, I'm going to say Get Out. Oh wow! Oh, great film. Great film. Wait, hold on. Now I got to check. I loved Coco. There were some very good popcorn flicks like Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. But I agree with your assessment. Now that I've looked through my list of films, those were pretty good films. Yeah. Do you think Get Out's in your, your oh, yeah. top? Oh, okay. easy, easily top five. Oh, for the good, year. good, good. You also mentioned The Big Sick, which is really mm-hmm. good. Great film. And The Disaster Artist was really fun, too. We but. should do like a little film review every year at we the end. We should. <laughs> <laughs> we watch a lot of movies. Yeah. We also read a lot of books. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people will write us to ask, what should I read? What do you recommend? If you find us on Goodreads, you can see what we've liked and what we thought of it. And our different, very different reviewing <laughs> styles. But it, you give a star rating at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, for sure. I write paragraphs of my thoughts because it's my way to go back in the future and see what I was thinking when I read the book. And I'll write, great. Bad. Okay. All right. Things like that. (laughs) But it's 2018 as you're listening to this. So happy new year. We hope that this inspired you, motivated you. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do it. And you can choose to be happy most of the time for most people in most situations. So if you have the option, go ahead. Be happy. Exactly. If you have the option, be happy. If not, Good luck to you. And if you're happy and you know it, jam your hands toward each other at <laughs> perpendicular angles. But don't let them touch. But don't let them connect. <laughs> but we didn't mention the poor hypnotist. Yeah. There was this show that was supposed to go on at like 7 o'clock or whatever it was. And we were already saying, no, we're not going to stick around that long. Yeah, we're like, maybe. And it then Marshall Tony, Silver. Tony kept us way later. Oh, yeah, you've got your ticket there. We got free tickets, free yeah. when you pay whatever it costs to get into this uh, conference. And we had gone way past that deadline. So they said, oh, they're still doing the... Hypnosis show. Yeah, go see it. Go see it. Don't don't leave. And everybody just leaves. Because it was, it super was late. late. And Tony we'd been didn't there. give two fucks that there is this guy who was supposed to come on after we'd, him. Yeah, we'd been there since early in the morning and everyone was pretty tuckered out. We didn't go back the second day. So no. we didn't see Sylvester Stallone or Pitbull. That's right. Or Adam Carolla. Because let's be real, like most people, we were mostly there to see Tony Robbins. Yes. And for those other speakers, we couldn't really justify the connection to the podcast. Yeah. And we both had other things we wanted to do that Sunday. Yeah. That's a lot of your weekend. Uh, We should point out, too, that you're right, everybody. This is not spirituality claims of the paranormal, but it is an extraordinary claim. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we'll veer a little left or a little right of... uh, the whole paranormal spirituality fringe science side of things because we just want to explore things that are extraordinary. Yeah. I don't think this is ripe for a, you know, pseudoscience rating or all that, but what did you think overall of Tony Robbins? Oh. And and the Wealth Expo. Those are two separate things, oh, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tony Robbins, I'm like, 
neutral, I guess. I, well, no, I still kind of hate the guy because of his yeah? special. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But this event in isolation, if I just look at Tony, pretty neutral. Just okay. Just like, yeah, that's fine. The whole event, uh, super predatory. For the, the Wealth Expo stuff, absolutely. I think it appealed to the worst of human nature and made me feel gross and dirty and I wanted to go home and take a shower. <laughs> uh, but for... Magic Johnson, Robert Herjavec, uh-huh. and Tony Robbins himself. I felt there's a lot of good advice. Not anything revolutionary that we haven't heard before, but you know, I, I don't think you're going to ex- expect that all the time. I think right. there are a lot of good things that do bear repeating from a six foot seven man who can really get them to stick in your head a little longer than they usually do. I, I'd say I come down more on the net positive side with Tony Robbins. He'd have to work a little harder for me to hate him. <laughs> uh, I, I agree. That one movie you guys go watch that. Gosh darn movie. I agree. That was a jerk move. I think Mm -hmm. he thought he was genuinely helping her. And I think maybe his strong arm tactics have helped people sometimes. I'm sure that's true. And they just misfire every now and then. Uh, But I think he had good intent. Uh, I think he was like, look at what I can make you do. Yeah. I don't don't know if that was necessarily it, but okay. Uh, That's how I feel. All right. Well, anyway, so uh, overall, I think he's a a force for pretty good in the world. All right. I'll give him a... Uh, neutral for this event, but I'm being nice to you, Tony. I'm being nice by seeing this in isolation. She's watching you, Tony. Yeah, that's right, exactly. You step out of line. <laughs> and I will make you call your partner and break up with them. <laughs> well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode is edited by Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate, D-O-N-A-T-E. Think of it as a do-nate. Oh, there you go. Because the words you use are positive <laughs> and can change your biochemistry. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash onrack or if you're into saving characters fb.com slash onrack if you're really into saving characters why not just send us a tweet at <laughs> twitter.com forward slash ono podcast you can leave us positive reviews on itunes or stitcher or anywhere they sell finer podcasts or give them away and remember the wise words of tony robbins and so you want to break the pattern do we know how to change our state quickly now yes or no how fast in a heartbeat. How fast? In a heartbeat, right? So we can do it, but you'll only do it if you make the decision. Otherwise, you'll just fall into the old conditioning and do what everybody else does, and you'll be pissed at everything and everyone else. Here's the problem. Write this down. Responsibility equals power. Responsibility, 100% responsibility equals power. If you're responsible for my happiness, or if you're responsible for making me unhappy, or if Donald Trump is, or if Obama, or Bush, or whoever, then I'm the victim waiting for something to happen to me. But if I'm 100% responsible for my experience of life, not for controlling everything, my experience, I do have that power, and you do too. But you won't use it unless you cut off any possibility, because the mind, when I say the mind, I'm pointing in the sky for a reason. Because what you call your thoughts are the most stressful thoughts you have are not your thoughts. I'll prove it to you. Try it just for one moment. Take out your paper and pen or your phone or whatever you're writing on. And I'm going to take literally less than a minute. I'll play music for one minute. I want you to write down one or two, one or two of the most common or the most stressful thoughts that when you think of them and believe them, they upset you. They get you pissed or frustrated or worried or sad or whatever. I don't want to 
once a month. I want you to tell me what are the two most destructive thoughts that you have consistently in your life? At least once a week. Some people once a day, multiple times a day. Take one minute right now. Myself with some music. What are the two most intense or most common stressful thoughts that you believe those thoughts that stresses you out? SF Sketchfest is just around the corner, January 11th to 28th, and there will be plenty of Max Fun shows there to represent. We're bringing Judge John Hodgman on the 11th, Jordan Jesse Go with special guest Andy Richter on the 12th, Schmanners on the 14th, We Got This with Mark and Howe also on the 14th, The Greatest Generation and Friendly Fire Podcast Super Show on the 17th, Pop Rocket host Guy Branham's talk show The Game Show on the 19th, and One Bad Mother on the 21st. You can learn more about these shows and get tickets at MaximumFun.org slash SFSketchFest18. Get your tickets now. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.